When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belbit DeVoe. You're truly Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This, this is Invo. This is India RE. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. The Cincinnati Black Music Walk of Fame opened last weekend. We were there live. We're taking you there. When you think about the birth and origin of black music, you might think about Detroit, Motown, Memphis for the blues, maybe D.C. for some go-go. What most people don't necessarily think about is Cincinnati. One woman is trying to change that. She spearheaded the Cincinnati Black Music Walk of Fame. We've got Alicia Reese on the line to talk about it. Welcome to Cafe Mocha. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I mentioned some cities where we know the birth and and depth of the music there, but what kind of names come from Cincinnati when it comes to music? Well, we have a lot of names in different genres. Uh, We've got Bootsy Collins. We've got the Isley Brothers. uh, We've got uh, Midnight Star, High Tech in the hip hop area. Uh, We also have the king of doo-wop who created the doo-wop sound, Otis (laughs) Williams. We have in the gospel category, uh, he played with uh, Doctor, the late Dr. James Cleveland. We have the late Dr. Charles Fold. So uh, Wilbert Longmire, who's from here, was discovered by Nancy Wilson. Uh, okay. She came here to play the music festival, discovered him, and he played with George Benson. Uh, we're the home of King Records, where James Brown recorded most of his uh, biggest hits right here in Cincinnati. Okay. So we have a long history. Uh, uh, L.A. Reid is from here, who... Uh, was in a group called The Deal. Uh, with we Baby know who Sandy. L.A. Reid is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. He's so the, he's a lot freaking, has come from here. <laughs> he shaped R&B. He and Babyface shaped yes. R&B in the 80s and 90s. A little group yes, called The Deal. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, like we had Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and Morris Day on talking about the Minneapolis scene. You know, we've seen tons of movies talking about the music scene in Detroit. You know, looking back 20 or 30 or 50 years ago, what was the vibe musically in Cincinnati? Was it like that where, the, where there were like these geniuses just in bars jamming? <laughs> I, you know, I think that um, we had a lot of that. We created, you know, we were right there with, you know, Cincinnati, Dayton, Ohio, uh, Southwest Ohio. We, we had that funk sound. Mm-hmm. And uh, even uh, when you look back at history, you know, Prince uh, got done with a concert in a whole other city and, and drove to Cincinnati to uh, get in the recording studio here because we just had that, that funk sound. We created a lot of sounds uh, right up the street in Hamilton, Ohio. You have uh, Roger Troutman and yeah. uh, the synthesizer sound that you hear a lot of. So, you know, through his uh, group Zap. So we created a lot of different sounds. Uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, uh, Otis Williams and the Charms is going back that far. Uh, he created the doo-wop sound, and that went on, uh, you know, across the country. So there's 
there's a lot of sounds that we uh, created right here, high tech on the hip hop world, uh, whose work with Snoop Dogg and uh, one of uh, Anderson Pack's uh, biggest hits. He has that high tech sound. And so I think one of the things that uh, we're known for is creating kind of new sounds, new trends. And what happens is usually the artists, you know, they leave here and they blow up and people, you know, uh, don't know that that sound came from someone from from this area um, down here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Gotcha. Cincinnati's cracking is what you're trying to tell us. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of competition, a lot of band competitions. I mean, the bands would just go at it. And for me, I grew up in music. I, I wouldn't be here without black music. My mother uh, lived uh, what they call area called the projects. A lot of people came from area called the West End, and you know, singing was kind of like just all they used to do on the front porch, and you know, creating the harmonies. And her idol was you know Aretha Franklin, and so um, she went on to meet my father, who had interned at Motown, and he came back to Cincinnati, and you know, wanted to be the next Barry Gordy, and he had his own record label, we're home to a lot of independent labels that people, you know, began to start. And so he started on record label, uh, SR, Steve Reese Productions, met my mother and recorded her self-titled album, and she performed on national TV and around the country, and then they got married, and they had me. And so <laughs> a lot of the artists, uh, black artists, I grew up with seeing them, and they were friends with them, or they were around the studio, and that's why I wanted to have a a black music walk of fame buzz because I said, wait a minute, these stories can't just live in my head. Right. We have to put them somewhere. So when I'm gone, when I leave the earth, the stories don't leave with me. They stay here because these are people who had dreams and, you know, were the diamonds in the rough and invested their own money and created new sounds. And I want other young people from this area to know that, Hey, you can do it too. And here's their stories. And so, we wanted to do it in a, a, a in our in a way that is t- a tourism attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been the deputy director of tourism for Ohio, and uh, I've also been an uh, elected official as the vice mayor, state representative, and now a county commissioner. But I wanted to leave something behind that's a tourist attraction, uh, where the past meets the future through technology, with the interactive outdoor uh, Black Music Walk of Fame park that would be free and located right on the Ohio River. And that's where we came for freedom. And that's where many blacks lived uh, until they moved them out to uh, the projects called the West End. And I wanted it to be right there. So we're right across the street from our NFL stadium, uh, Paul Brown Stadium where the Bengals play. We're right next to a new music facility uh, called the Andrew Andrew Brady Music Center. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're right in the Monday Night Football shot. So, uh, Everybody has to see it, and everyone can be a part of it, but it just has, you know, it's authentic, um, and it's a way for us to bring tourists from all over the world to right. come and learn and be a part of this history. What were some of the challenges of um, getting the Cincinnati Black Music Walk of Fame off the ground to honor these unsung artists? I know Penny Ford, and she is awesome. Yes, Penny Ford. I mean, a lot of people... You know, they couldn't believe. They're like, Penny Ford's from Cincinnati. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Penny Ford is our first female inductee to go in. And uh, it's going to be built for 200 uh, inductees. Uh, and we do four years. So we got over 50 years. You know, the biggest thing, I think, was that it's just never been done before. That was the, the hardest mm-hmm. thing. 
The second thing, there hadn't been anything um, in a permanent way honoring black musicians, artists, songwriters, producers. And it's like, you know, wait a minute. And we're doing it on the most prime piece of property, uh, probably in, in Southwest Ohio. That's and then what I, said I, I love. To be- <laughs> so whenever we watch Monday Night Football and the Bengals are playing, we're going to see the bits of the Walk of Fame? Like yes, that? you'll see the Black Music Walk of Fame. We're prime wow. time. Cafe Mocha live from the Cincinnati Black Music Walk of Fame, a brand new interactive attraction that honors the great music makers of Cincinnati like Bootsy Collins. But it's also interactive so you can dance to your favorite songs, learn more about the music makers. Joining me now is last year's inductee, Penny Ford. She sang I Got the Power by the group Snap, also sang for Soul to Soul and Climax. When did you start in the music business? Um, I, I started out singing in church. Okay. At uh, Culture Church, Church of God in Christ. So, okay. Churchy Church. And then I went from that and I discovered a skating rink. Uh oh. That's when I discovered like Lincoln Ware and the music and it all started to come together. And shortly after that, I discovered the band scene. Okay. Which uh, Wilbert Longmire's daughter, Sharon, introduced me to the band members in town. And um, after that, I mean, it was I, I was stalking Midnight Star. Like, I, would, I was 14, and they'd be like, what are you doing at this club? So they started calling me Penny Bopper. Oh, so they still, to this day, they've shortened it to Bop. So I'm Bop. And somebody came behind me last year at the induction and said, you bopped your way on up the ladder, didn't you? I was like, I've been bippity-bopping. Well, what was it like being 14 and knowing at that young age that you wanted to sing? It was myop. I was myopically focused. There was nothing else. Well, actually, at that age, I was still, I, I, my brain processes things in patterns. So I would learn, like, every note of every Shaka Khan record, every Al Jarreau record, every, you know, I went after the, I dug, did deep dives into, like, the most complicated people and learned every aspect and nuance of their music. And then it became a search for Shaka Khan. I think we need to write that movie, Searching Searching for for Shaka Shaka Khan, because that was it, girl. I would get in people's car and pop their music out. And pop in some Shaka Khan, start explaining the lyrics to him. And people, it was ridiculous. And eventually, I met her and worked with her for twenty years, and she's one of my best friends still to this this day. Beautiful, myopic. She's been here to Cincinnati. We got kicked out of an after hours here because they didn't believe uh, she wanted to go. Uh huh. And I was like, "Look, girl, I can't fight, so don't be up in here, you know." And they didn't believe it was Shaka Khan, so they kicked us out. I was so happy. Somebody told them later. She talked about it in Ebony Magazine, how she got kicked out of an after hours in Cincinnati. I was like, they don't play, honey, here. They don't play. They was like, they ain't no Shaka Khan. Get out. Cafe Mocha from the Cincinnati Black Music Walk of Fame. Penny Ford sang for Soul to Soul and Climax. One of her biggest claims to fame is the song, I Got the Power. Just such (laughs) an iconic song of the time. It is. And still, you hear it, and it, it gets you going. It is. Um, what was it like doing that and, well, and making such a hit record like that? I had no idea. Yeah. I sang for three days, and honestly, the worst stuff I ever sang on anything. <laughs> I didn't write it down. 
Honestly, I told him, give me a give me a, um, a bottle of champagne and turn on the mic. And I just sang anything. Because I, I just didn't think, you know, nobody thought it was going to do anything. Even the German producers said when they finished the mix that they slapped five and said, we'll be lucky to make 10000 off of this. So none of us knew that it was going to be a movement. And what it is now, it was the, the timing of the song came out when the wall was coming down, when the Gulf War was ending. It was like the theme song for Kuwait for their liberation. Oh, wow. You know, people tell me all the time, my parents carried me across minefields to safety. And on the other side was that song. So it's incredible. It's a huge responsibility, but I understand the assignment. And as a footnote, as far as the power, it will be, and here's the segue, shameless plug. I don't need to plug it. It is going to be the theme song of the new Paw Patrol movie that's coming out in September. So I'm 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 the queen of the toddler set now. You know what I'm saying? For that, right? They love this girl every time. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. That's all Hallelujah. I wanted to hear. <laughs> Any good? He's good. She got the power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think about the growth musically here? I mean, with the uh, Black Music Walk of Fame, and I think it's incredible. I think um, that honestly, anytime you put black on anything, it becomes political. Yeah. So. Um, you know, you have to sidestep that. And all the people who don't want black folks to have nothing. You know what I mean? In this town, like, we have a underground railroad museum or whatever, but that mostly celebrates the abolitionists that helped oh, wow. the slaves across. They have a King Records um, exhibit at... Um, Hard Rock, and I might get in trouble for saying some of this stuff, but I mean, it's the truth. How you get in trouble for saying the truth? But at King, my father was head of A&R at King Records. That's okay. how he met my mom, who was a singer here. But uh, they have an ex- a- a- exhibit of King Records over at uh, the Hard Rock, but they mostly celebrate the Jewish man that owned the company, Sid Nathan, more so than the black people that made the music that come out of there. So this is incredible. It was needed. I respect Alicia Reese so much. She's my inspiration. Her and Beyonce, if I feel tired before I got to go on stage, I put on some Alicia Reese videos, and I put on a Beyonce, and I just go on out there. <laughs> it's Cafe Mocha live from the Cincinnati Music Festival with Reggie and Vincent Calloway, the Calloway brothers. Okay, so my first time in Cincinnati. Uh-oh. Never Uh-oh. been before. <laughs> Let me know what's up. Well, you're in the uh, most amazing place, I have to say, in the world. <laughs> I mean, all the music, the, the, um, the arts in general, a lot of came out of Cincinnati. But uh, maybe start with the godfather of soul, James Brown. Actually really kicked it off for a lot of us. You know, James Brown, Bootsy Collins, and, and you, can, you can keep going on from there. <laughs> well, what was it like coming up for you guys here in Cincinnati making music? What was the scene like? So at 15 years old, you know, we're playing in nightclubs and, and actually getting paid for it as well, but also honing our, honing our skills. So a lot of those things are, are unheard of now. To have a talent show, you know, to do a talent show with Roger and Zap. <laughs> right. He, he was called Roger and the, human, and the Human Body back then, but that's the kind of competition that we got a chance to, uh, to to test ourselves against, and it made it made it incredible. I love it. Um, what is this 
music festival mean to you and the uh, Black Music Walk of Fame as you look at the way music is growing in the city? What does it mean to you all? It, it makes us so very proud. It's like, you know, when, when you have people like the Isley Brothers that you know, grew up down the street in Lincoln Heights. But, you know, it, it shows you that it's possible. That is that it's doable, you know, and uh, to go to Bootsy's house and hang out, you know, meet his mother and watch him rehearse. And uh, for us, you know, our very first experience moving to Cincinnati, next door to the McCoys, they had an actual live band rehearsing in their basement because their father was a bass player, and the, and Leroy and the Drivers uh, was a, was a vocalist of this blues R&B group, and just to watch them practice, to see instruments played for the first time, you know, other than just an organ or a piano, but to see bass guitars and, and drums and just to to see that, oh, you can put this together, you know. And everyone that came before us that made a mark, you know, made it even more believable that we could do it. The Callaway brothers sang I Want to Be Rich and were in the band Midnight Star. The group was just inducted into the Cincinnati Black Music Walk of Fame. Cafe Mocha on the red carpet of the Cincinnati Black Music Walk of Fame with the president of Cincinnati's NAACP, Joe Mallory. So what do you think now that it's now that it's here in your city? Well, we're excited because there's nothing like this, you know, in our city. And to document the history of the black contributions to the music industry is amazing. And this is a this is a destination type of um, uh, uh, product that will bring people to our, our city. It's going to have an economic impact. Also, it's what you call edutainment. Edutainment. So you're going to get educated and entertained at the same time as you go through the Black Music Walk of Fame. You know, a lot of states are trying to erase black history in schools. Any thoughts on that? Well, the revisionist history folks who don't want to acknowledge the past, you know, and they want to erase the history and the contributions of black people. And you can't have what you have in this country without the contributions of a lot of people, and specifically black people, because we all know that the country was built with free labor, uh, enslaved labor, and, you know, uh, I'm, I'm on the mindset that there need to be reparations. What do you think of the reparations movement? Like in California, they have a task force that's working on this. What happened down in Tulsa here recently? I think there needs to be reparations. You know, there could be creative ways to do reparations, but there needs to be reparations everywhere. Not just in California or in Evanston, Illinois, and places that had the atrocities that took place, but there needs to be reparations, period, for black people. Because, you know, when you talk about generational wealth, we didn't have opportunities to build wealth because of systemic and institutional racism that was put in place to stop us from progressing. And they didn't even want to acknowledge us as a human being. So we have come a long way, but there needs to be reparations. Joe Mallory, president of the NAACP here in Cincinnati. Cafe Mocha Live Black Music Walk of Fame with Shirley Murdoch. What does it feel like to have that iconic song that has gotten so many people in trouble, honey? Uh, you talking about As We Lay? <laughs> well, see, they, they got in trouble on their own. Because I said, you should have counted up the cost. But instead, we got lost in the second, in the minute, in the hour. You know why? Because before you lay, baby, you need to pray. Can the church say amen? <laughs> 
Because because you know for me it was not a it was actually a remake. Many people, many people may not realize that a group that Roger had called the Human Body. They did it, and actually Billy Beck from the Ohio Players co-wrote that song with Larry Troutman, and he actually sung it. So when they asked me to, to sing it, I was like, wait a minute, they talking about cheat? I said, but I'll, I will sing the song if you let me add those lyrics that I just told you about, because to me, you know, in life, the decisions that you make just don't affect you. It affects everybody in your world. So I didn't want to sing a celebratory song about infidelity. I want to sing a sad song about regret and consequences. So that when you, when the, when the morning comes and the light of day comes and you can see a little more clearly, then you can make better decisions. And even if you get caught up, the next time you find yourself in that situation, you can make a better decision. Talk about your connection to Cincinnati and Roger and Zap. Yeah, well, I'm originally from Toledo. And my connections with Cincinnati is because Roger Troutman and the family, they were, um, they were born and raised in Hamilton, Ohio. And I've been blessed that the city of Dayton and Cincinnati have embraced me as their own. So I, I feel like I'm, 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 I'm adopted. And when you're adopted, uh, it's, it's, it's on purpose. So I want to just, I'm just so grateful that the city of Cincinnati and southwestern Ohio has embraced my music, embraced my ministry, everything that I do, they've been very, very supportive. So I'm just really humbled and honored. Cincinnati Black Music Walk of Fame with Alicia Reese. We talked last year about this amazing event and here you are this year. How does it feel? You know, I'm just so excited. I'm, I'm more excited for the people because uh, this project, uh, the people feel today that they want. Uh, that they're included in a permanent way and uh, it's so exciting and exhilarating to see that. So excited to be able to honor so many of the black music legends, many of whom have been honored maybe other places around the world. But we're from here and it's nothing like being honored in your hometown to bring people in from all over the world, but do it in a fun way. Um, I told them bring me Disney World. I wanted something that's going to be edutainment, entertaining and educated at the same time. So you'll, you'll see the technology that has augmented reality. You'll be able to perform with Bootsy Collins uh, and be able to use your QR codes to download it. 50 years of hip hop. We've got um, High Tech who produced for Snoop Dogg. We got a whole beat machine maker. So it just brings it all together. Um, but more importantly, there's a guy by the name of Frank Payne Jr. He's 101 years old. And he performed with Duke Ellington, but never got recognized. And it just touches me that today he will be recognized in a permanent way inside of the Cincinnati Black Music Walk of Fame. And then we got people like Saul Dolly on the younger side, who just uh, was one of the producers on Beyonce's Renaissance album. So he got nominated for a Grammy. He's in the Walk of Fame. And Beyonce's name is in the Walk of Fame. So it just covers the gamut and encourages us to keep going and uh, keep creating music. But today we take back our history and we take back our culture. It's Cafe Mocha, live from the Cincinnati Black Music Walk of Fame. What you doing here, Amorosa? Oh my goodness, this is amazing. I remember doing my first interview with Cafe, Mo Cafe Mocha when you first started it. And now fast forward 12 years ago, and here I'm back. Well, I am in my last year of law school at the Southern University Law Center. But beyond that, I'm here to represent my friend, Alicia Reese. And when she first told me about this idea, Sheila, I was like, you want to do what? In between the Bengal Stadium and the Cincinnati Red Stadium on the waterfront? She says, I'm going to do it, sis. And fast forward, here we are three years later, and this happens. And so on, on today, I'm just 
I'm beaming with pride because what she did is incredible. But more importantly, to see the contribution of African-American musicians and artists being recognized as in places and spaces that we are not always presented is pretty remarkable today. How's law school? Well, it's my last year. Pray for me and the bar exam. Amen, somebody. What kind of law are you going to do? Contract transactions. Yes. You know, we've been having an issue in Florida and other states where they're trying to erase or change or minimize black history in schools. What do you say to that? You know what? There's a saying, there's an African saying that as long as the hunter is writing the story, the lion will always be the aggressor. And so they're trying to shape and change the story. We have to take our own agency and tell our stories. And we may have to go outside of that educational system like we did before. We always created our own avenues. That's why historically black colleges and universities were created in the first place. Now is the time for us to take back our power to educate our young people and tell them the truth. We're at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha live from the Cincinnati Music Festival presented by PNG. I'm here with Kick Lee of the Cincinnati Music Accelerator Program. And uh, before we even get started about your program, I want to ask about what this festival means to you and to the community. Yeah, I mean, this festival to myself and the community means a great deal. You know, to have something this impactful, just be in our region, I should say, in general for years, I mean, it just helps us in so many ways, you know. It brings people from all over the country here to just vibe and just live life and enjoy themselves. And I mean, the number one thing, great music. Right. So, I mean, again, to myself, it's personal as well. My family's been coming to this festival for years, so it's nice to continue that kind of attendance legacy. Right. And, you know, just enjoy, again, the great music that shows up here. What's your favorite memory from uh, from this since you've been coming Ooh, since you were that's little? That's a good question. You know what? <laughs> my favorite memory, I should say my favorite artist, but memory was when Usher came. Okay. I can't remember what year that was, but Usher showed up. He was late. He put on a whole show. He said, look, don't worry. I'll pay the late bill, okay. everything. And then Little John popped out of nowhere oh, in the middle wow. of the set. And the stadium just started rocking out. And to me, that was like, okay, this is a party. <laughs> I loved it. That's cool. So let me ask you, what is the Cincinnati uh, Music Accelerator program? Yeah, so the Cincinnati Music Accelerator is a 501c3 nonprofit that focuses on the advancement and development of music creatives in our region, but as well as abroad. You know, our focus is finding opportunities for them, educating them, and activating spaces and places that aren't normally activated in underserved and underrepresented communities. So, you know, for myself with this accelerator, I'm a music composer. My career started to take off, and I really wanted to find a way to give back that was more heartfelt to myself, and I found it, and that was through the art of music. So you call yourself a composer. I was going to call you a producer. What's that works too. I mean, composer, like I say, we're pretty much one and the same, but a composer more so writes and kind of just scripts the music. You know, a producer really works on the all angles of the track, the song. It's not just I make the beat. It's also I help drive the way the song, the uh, lyrics are delivered okay. on the production, the way the engineer interacts and uh, mixes and engineers the song. So you're in part of the full production of the song versus just making the beat. So can you sort of talk about bringing our community into the side that you're in? Because we think of Diddy. We think of 
um, Jermaine Dupree as mm -hmm. producers. Uh, but you do a different you do a different type of production. I mean, you you work with major brands, right? Yes, I do. So I mean, talk about that. So I work in the world as we call it the technical term sync licensing. Okay. So I create music jingles for different advertisements, different brands, small or large. I work with a lot of social media influencers as well because a lot of them have YouTube channels and make content on social media and they need background music and I get to help drive the narrative of the story or the project they're working on that they put out there. Now I don't feel like people think about that when they go into music production or composing. Um, you don't get famous doing that, but do you get rich? <laughs> I'll be honest, I won't say you get rich, but you get wealthy. Right. You get very wealthy. And I say that in different aspects, not just financially. Yeah. I mean, it in that world of sync licensing, it challenges you to be more than just this stereotypical, I make hip hop, I make R and B, you know, we're black, they see us that they see us for only making those genres. Right. Which is very unfortunate. For myself, it made me step out of the box and really create all different kinds of genres, work on all different kinds of projects with different individuals from across the world. It's not just nationally, it's across the world. And you've worked with Puma and Samsung mm -hmm. and some major... Yes. So you're making jingles for them. Yes, 100%. Okay. And it's fun because, like, you know, you're putting music to picture. Yeah. You know, and I always tell, like, even my mentees, like, when you're in that space and making a song or maybe DJ, envision something. Like, look at the audience or look at your fan base and envision them a part of the story. They're helping tell your story. So make your music a part of that story. And so when you bring, are they young people? Very, yes. Um, when you bring them into the Music Accelerator program, what can they expect? They can expect a lot. I mean, <laughs> some of us just, they're like, oh, you're going to teach me the music business. No, it's more than that. We educate you in the business, but then we throw you out in the real world to utilize that knowledge that we've educated you on. Uh -oh. I want to be very transparent and clear. I don't do this alone. Right. I do have a team of people that people don't see that help me do what I do. I tell people all the time, my success is due to the people around me. And a lot of those musicians, those artists, those DJs come into the fold, and they see that. And they realize it takes more than just yourself to be where you are today. Okay. And so do you have a, a favorite success story from your Accelerator program? Honestly, yeah. I mean, the biggest success story is the fact that we see our city becoming more vibrant. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say I credit myself with the music being music in our community. But I definitely say a lot more people who are in music pay more attention to those in music. They're more considerate on how they compensate them when they book them. You know, we book out for wedding receptions, events like this. You know, we have DJs all over this event and as well as Black Tech Week, you know, okay, that just wrapped yeah. up. So people are more considerate to say, oh, we need music to help enliven the aesthetic of right. this event. And it's nice that people are really considering that. And the pandemic had a lot to do with that as well, I feel. Good. So who are you most looking forward to seeing this weekend? Ooh, you know, I can't, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be biased. I'm just going to say I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. I just love music. I love people. I love when people get together and enjoy one thing, music. You know, it brings us all together. It unifies us, and it just brings out so much love within the world. We need that. We need that. Since we are celebrating the 50th anniversary, alleged 50th anniversary <laughs> of hip-hop, any thoughts looking back at uh, what the genre has done to American culture? Man, it has done 
more than I think we could ever articulate verbally. You know, hip hop has contributed to so much, whether, you know, it, I, I'm going to say it to every genre. Yeah. I feel like it's contributed to every single genre. You listen to country music now and it sounds like a Drake song, what? you know? It's like I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that was, that was black influence <laughs> for sure. You know, and just how hip hop was created, how it was started. You know, I, I love it because it's it is a way of us as African American black people to express ourselves and who we are and what we've been through. That is really what it came from is us being able to express ourselves. So yeah, I again I'm looking forward to this festival. I'm excited. I'm glad we're celebrating the allegedly fiftieth <laughs> anniversary of hip hop, quote unquote. Yeah. You know, but I'm excited again for everybody to just come together and enjoy our city. Super. Good to meet you. You as well. Thank you. We're at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha live from the Cincinnati Music Festival presented by PNG. Yeah. I'm here with Darren Reedus, Cincinnati Regional Chamber and Minority Business Accelerator. So welcome, welcome. I'm in your city for the first time, Darren. <laughs> well, tell me this. What brings you out to the festival? Do you come every year? Is this a thing for you? I definitely come every year. Um, so I work at the Cincinnati Regional Chamber of Commerce, and I run what's called the Minority Business Accelerator, which is now 20 years in. We help grow large-scale African-American and Hispanic companies in Every year, this is a big weekend in terms of entertaining our entrepreneurs, getting them to connected to uh, black media, uh, getting them more exposure. And so it's, it's a, a week-long set of activities kind of culminating in the, the weekend here with the music festival. So we're here every year and super excited. So what's the objective of the program, the Accelerator program? I mean, you're talking about black and Latino businesses, scaling them up. What does that mean to you here in Cincinnati? Yeah, absolutely. So, as I mentioned, this is now in its 20th year, and for us, this started, um, really, the genesis of it was after the unrest that took place here in Cincinnati way back in 2001. And this was the community's, one of the community's primary responses to how do we grow large-scale, in fact, it started only with uh, black business owners. Okay. And so this was then and now trying to focus on the types of businesses that can do business in supply chains of big corporations. So how do we help more black-owned businesses do business with Procter & Gamble, Fifth Third, Kroger, and all of our big corporations? So we talk about scaling them up. The way this program began and still operates is when businesses have to be doing at least a million dollars in revenue. Wow, okay. Because uh, they have to have some sort of size and capacity to start with. So then we can kind of leverage that existing size, help them get bigger contracts in corporate supply chains. So today, uh, we have a number of companies that are over 50 million in revenue. Wow. Over 100 million. Uh, there's a lot going on that a lot of folks don't realize in terms of uh, the number of black and Latino-owned companies that are really of size. And so to add to that real quickly, we also just launched an equity capital fund to now invest directly in companies uh, to really help uh, entrepreneurs of color buy existing mainstream companies.
everything out there, right? So we don't, always don't have to grow companies organically from the ground up when there's so many companies already out here right. that are not minority-owned. Right. So real quick on that, it's now this big thing called the silver tsunami. Okay. Uh, silver hair baby boomers. Okay. Are uh, the, the percentage of which that own privately held companies represents about ten trillion dollars of business assets changing hands over the next ten plus years. So these are mainstream companies, often don't have succession plans. Kids mm. don't want to take the businesses over manufacturing plants and things like that. Okay. Uh, manufacturing is one of those industries where we don't have a lot of large black-owned manufacturing. Right. So this fund that we created is going to help black and Latino entrepreneurs buy existing companies, and we can create overnight large-scale companies by allowing them to buy them as opposed to always having to grow them from scratch from the ground up. Nice. So my question for you is this. I often see Excel accelerator programs out there. How do you make yourself attractive to someone like you so, so that your business would want to be in business with mine? Yeah, that's a great question. So what we try to do is first and foremost, uh, this is really about how do we help the entrepreneur with a big vision? How do we wrap the necessary services around them? Uh, that's it starts with an assessment of the business itself, whether that business might need help with personnel, systems, operations. Uh, we have a lot of times where some tough decisions have to be made, and maybe the company up to that point has had family members kind of running the finances, and maybe it's time to put, you know, someone with a broader, deeper skill set right books and things like that yeah right? and so um but it's really about you know helping folks take takes often some self-imposed limitations off uh setting big visions and so it's, it's not that difficult uh from the standpoint of where are you today in terms of your current state and where do you need to be so that we can start positioning you to take some of these big contracts on right uh and so um and now that we have a, a pretty significant number of large-scale black-owned companies, those entrepreneurs often serve as coaches and mentors to emerging okay. ones. And so it's a really nice uh, environment. Uh, so I've been here about seven and a half years now, and so uh, this has now become home. And what's your favorite success story? Ooh, that's a big one. <laughs> The one that that just sells it, sells the program that that inspires the next guy to be like, yeah, I can do it, I can do it too. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell. There's a lot, but I, I want to tell this one because it's uh, one that often doesn't get the notoriety that it deserves. We have an entrepreneur, uh, African American gentleman who. Um, uh, unfortunately had a mishap, uh, spent some time uh, in the uh, prison system, came out, got his life together, uh, and then made it a mission to grow a company using uh, former uh, inmates. Oh, nice. And so his business has grown from scratch to over $5 million in revenue now. Uh, he employs over 100 
20 people. Nice. They do an amazing job of, to my point about corporate contracts, so they do a lot of construction site cleanups. Mm-hmm. So big construction jobs are happening. Uh, this team comes out um, to, to clean up the construction sites. It's kind of temporary labor. Okay. Pretty much everyone is uh, someone that's trying to really get their life back. And that's the other piece about our work. And I highlighted that one because a big part of our work is also focusing on the kinds of businesses that can create jobs in the black community, right? And so, um, and that, that was just a fresh one because he's been doing so many, but then we have companies, now he's around five million or so in revenue today. But like I mentioned, we have some companies over a hundred million, long-standing companies, either in the construction space. We have, um, we had a phenomenal success story, African-American woman, grew a $50 million IT staffing company. Wow. She sold it, so now she's retired. <laughs> and so uh, there's, there's so many, but um, that one just stands out because he's really just doing some really, really impactful things. Darren Redis, what, who are you looking forward to seeing this weekend? Oh, wow, that's a tough question, too. I would say that my, my wife and I both are probably uh, most excited about Jill Scott. Oh, cool. Big, big Jill Scott fans, to be sure. It's, it's, it's a good, great lineup. So if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Jill Scott. Super. Thank you for joining Cafe Mocha. Thanks for having me. Darren Reddis, Cincinnati Regional Chamber of Commerce and Minority Business Accelerator. Cool, thank you. It's Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha. Robin S. is a dance music icon of the mid-90s. Her single, Show Me Love, uh, still gets people rushing to the dance floor. And that's even before Beyonce flipped the track, turns it, turned it into Break My Soul. Uh, so joining us now is Robin S. Welcome to Cafe Mocha. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So for those who don't know who you are, introduce yourself to our Cafe Mocha audience. Wow. Um, well, hello, good people. How are you? My name is Robiness. I am the original singer of Show Me Love. So baby, if you want me, you got to show me love. Yeah, that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to know. How did you find out that the Beyonce had sampled your song for the new single? Was Did like lawyers call you or did you find out because no, you heard it on no, the radio? No, 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 honey, baby. I was asleep. I was asleep. And um, my son, my phone kept going off and I kept saying in my sleep, what in the world? What in the world? But, you know, old folks teach you that when your phone goes off like that, went back to back to back that it could possibly be something wrong, you know, with yeah. family or mm-hmm. someone. So I finally rolled over and woke up and saw that it was my son. And so I called him back and I was like, son, I love you, but why do you keep calling me like this? <laughs> and him and my daughter-in-law were just going off the chain. Mom, 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 turn the TV on, turn the radio on, turn, just turn your phone on, read the stuff that's going on. You're trending all over the place. And I'm saying to myself, trending? So I asked them, I said, trending, what what am I trending about? And then that's when they told me, they informed (laughs) me that about the song. And I'm like, oh, so when I decided, you know, I went on the online and started looking at stuff and I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh, okay. So I started smiling. I started laughing, got a little nervous, you know, I was like, okay, what's going on? What's happening? You know? Mm -hmm. And then they finally told me that she had dropped her song 
um, at midnight and that, you know, from midnight until now, I'd know nothing about it because I would, I would sleep. And, um, you know, it was a great surprise. It, it basically was a great surprise to me. Mm. Being a surprise, I can only imagine, you know, talking about revitalizing, rejuvenating. I mean, just to have, what did that feel like just hearing the song? How did you feel when you first heard the song? Um, you know, you listen to it and you go, okay, hmm, all right. And I'm a lyricist, so I, I want to hear every word that's being said, you know, and I'm, I'm like, well, let me listen to it again. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's, that's definitely show me love. That's a piece of show me love. <laughs> oh, I like the words. Oh, it fits. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, you can't break my soul. No, you know, I mean, in a time and an era where, you know, um, women have been marginalized um, and, you know, we, we are just now coming out of ourselves to say, you know, that I am woman, hear me roar situation. And I like the fact that she just did it her own way. You know, it was, it was a wonderful surprise to go to bed. I mean, I've been touring. I had been traveling. I just came off the road. And to, to come back to a surprise and a wonderful surprise such as this, it, it just, it, it did something to, to my spirit. It just boosted me a little bit more, you know, to let me know that everything that I've done has not been in vain. You know, but and you can't think you know, that the old stuff you've done song. is well, no, I, I don't think that it's been in vain, but it's been so downplayed, you know, yeah. and so low keyed and so downplayed. And, and so, um, you know, I'm constantly working and I'm sorry, you guys know that, you know, dance artists, we don't get the accolades that we basically should have gotten for years. Yeah. We've laid down foundations, but no one notices them until other artists so-called revives them. But meantime, we've been in the trenches working really, really hard, you know, to, to just keep things going, you know, and, and although I'm, I'm grateful, don't get me wrong. I'm not, it's not that I'm not grateful. It's not that I'm not happy. It's a wonderful feeling to be given your flowers mm -hmm. while you're alive. Cause yes. most times people wait until you've transitioned and you're no longer here to want to give you your flowers. So that was the greatest gift ever. You know, now, so, so like, don't get me wrong, but, but it's, it's like, you know, we've been in the trenches moving and shaking and shuffling and, and, and getting things done and we've been performing and stuff. And so, yeah, I'm grateful and I'm thankful because out of all the songs that she has access to listen to, you know, that was, that was a designed order by God. You know, I firmly believe that because mm -hmm. there's too many songs out there that one could do yeah. um, as their first single and, and, Hey, it's a Robinette song. Hi. Here's what I here's what I want to know, baby. If you want me, you know I, I love to sing. You've got to show me love. Listen, when I I feel like that's my intro song to New York back in 1990. Anywho, the feeling of of this song. I mean, you know, did you feel any shade after you heard it for the first time? Did you feel like, wait, was there any shade that you felt? I mean, I know after a while you think it, but you're like, wait how could you use my song? And I, I no, one, no one called me. I mean, well, no, no. Cause I, I'm not like that. Honestly speaking, I'm just not like that. I'm, I'm God's child. Okay. I know who I am and I know whose I am. And, um, for whatever reasons things happen, um, I try to see the good in the reasons. Yeah. I may not understand everything that has happened in my life, 
Um, I know people have come for me. There's certain people that have come for me and said, I'm not the singer of the song and I oh, this boy. and I that. Well, they were coming for the wrong, they were coming to the wrong person because the demo that I got was the demo that I listened to and that's how I sang. If um, I am the original person, um, I am the person who hit that first note, that is all me. I am the person who did all of the ad-libs in it, that is all me. So, right. you know, you have people that come for you all the time through this walk of life. That's yeah. how you get your blessings. Your blessings mm-hmm. come by the, the negativity that people try to throw at you. Mm-hmm. And God turns that around and gives you blessings upon blessings because of it. So I tell it to my daughter no all the time. There's I'm no shade with off. me. Yeah. Yeah. And to know me is to know that I don't, I'm not that type of woman. I've lived a really good life. Um, behind show me love i'm still living a good life do you feel that beyonce's team should have contacted you or the songwriters and producers uh, no 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 it's okay it's okay i'm good with it i'm so good with it you don't understand i'm i'm to know again to know me is to know that i'm not that type of person here's your dose of espresso Strong, hot news now. This is The Espresso. Trump may finally be held accountable for January 6th. New indictments were handed down this week. Charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. Meanwhile, VP Kamala Harris spoke at the NAACP convention. We had a record voter turnout for African Americans in 2020. And it is by no coincidence that immediately thereafter you started seeing extremist so-called leaders passing laws, restricting voting days, making it more difficult to vote, banning drop boxes. And Hannibal Burris plays the voice of Genghis Frog and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. And I like voiceover because you just come in here and you just talk a little bit and there's no resetting or you know light like crazy you know are we moving here nope we're still here in the booth teenage mutant ninja turtles in theaters this weekend that's the espresso cafe mocha angelique along with yo yo everything old is new again beyonce sampled the hit single show me love by robin s for her new hit single break my soul on the line we're talking to robin s okay there have been so many show me loves that have come out jason derulo chris brown right um there's another charlie x or whatever her name is that no one has told me anything there's been um let me tell you there has been uh what is it uh uh what is it the um the game that has Mm -hmm. come out um, Guitar Hero with me singing it. No Shut one up. forewarned me. Wow. Guitar Here's- Hero 2 that has come out. It's my voice. No one has forewarned me. That, that is the level of, um, and I don't want to sound um, mad about it because, you know, like I said, God blesses me in return. With all things negative that have happened, that is the, that is the blessings that I get in return yeah. from God. And, and the levels of, 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 of homage that I've been given because of certain things. So I'm okay with that. I don't feel like anybody needs to to inform me of anything. If it keeps me relevant, then you know what? Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Yeah, I heard that. Because I'm going to be relevant for forever. You know, this (laughs) is my 
the, the greatest part of this, and I try to tell people, is that Show Me Love is my legacy. Yeah. It's Robin S.'s legacy. Okay? Now, Beyonce is a part of my legacy, and uh-huh. I'm a part of hers. Uh, How about that? How about that blessing? Thank you so much for joining Cafe Mocha. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Con- continued success with the radio. And I just want I just want blessings upon blessings for everyone. Mm-hmm. What, we appreciate you. you. And like yes. I said, the reason she chose that song now is because, like I said, it still gets people to the dance floor. Mm-hmm. It still gets oh, but people I got to my the flowers, dance floor. baby. Yeah. I got my flowers. I indeed get I, I got the real flowers. Yes, my roses. Yes, <laughs> I did from from Beyonce herself. And, um, you know, I, you know, when people know your name, it speaks louder than whatever you do. Action speaks louder than words. Amen. Well, we Thank love you, you. And I know that it's created new opportunities for you. And and we've yes. always loved you as long as I've been loving music. And so I want to say congratulations and new music brings new songs. Absolutely. I have some new remixes ones out, so. bring remixes <gasps> and it just sh- shows this new generation how powerful music really is. You want to hear more about uh, Miss Robin Stone or you got a song that you <laughs> want to hear? Make sure to hit us up on our Facebook, our Instagram or our Twitter at Cafe Mocha Radio. We want to thank you. Thank you for having me. I love you guys. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Angelique, Lonnie Love, and Yo-Yo. And anybody that listens to this show regularly knows that Cafe Mocha Radio is dedicated to uplifting and inspiring. And our next guest is definitely an inspiration. On the line, we have Rod Johnson, co-founder of Black and Bold Specialty Beverages. Welcome, Rod. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, my first question is for all of us who haven't heard of the brand, what is Black and Bold? Yeah, um, Black and Bold is a company that my best friend and I started just about three years ago uh, with the intent to take something that we do every day and uh, you know ultimately make it into a pathway to give them back to communities that need it the most. So, so my best friend make? and I were, uh, yeah, we, we make coffee and tea, in fact. Uh, mm. So we're located in Des Moines, Iowa. And uh, because we were drinking these beverages every day, we wanted to ultimately connect it back to something that was near and dear to our hearts. And that's ultimately supporting today's youth in need. Well, you know, a a lot of us can't start today without a good cup of coffee, but I don't think there are a lot of (laughs) brothers out there in the coffee (laughs) business. So how did you end up starting a coffee and tea company in Iowa? Des Moines. Yeah, (laughs) I know of of all places, right? Um, Well, really, we were just over-enthusiastic consumers um, in our respective corporate careers. We spent a lot of time in coffee shops, entertaining clients uh, and and otherwise, and really just fell in love with the coffee shop culture, uh, but quickly realized that there was a lack of representation. Uh, So we got the bold idea to see what it would be like to be on the other side of the counter. Uh, So my friend, uh, Pernell, uh, bought a, a tabletop roaster uh and, and a small grinder and, and we opened up shop out of his garage uh after you know burning beans and getting the fire department called on us because there was so much smoke coming out of, out of the garage uh we ultimately came up with a 
you know, a formula and a roast profile, if you will, that we were happy to share with the masses. And from there, it's just been a a, a constant ascension. What makes your coffee (laughs) so special that you get a partnership with the NBA after only three years in business? How did you manage that? You know, the the NBA is, is an awesome organization. And as we've seen over the last year, they've been very intentional about what they represent and, you know, how they allow their players to express themselves, especially centered around social impact, Uh, considering that we have that social impact model embedded at the core of what we do, whereas we give a portion of our proceeds to at-risk youth that ultimately resonated with representatives from the NBA. So after about, I don't know, seven or eight months of discussion, uh, we were fortunate enough to ink the contract, making us one of the newest licensees uh, newest beverage licensees under the NBA umbrella. Uh, so we have introduced uh, a new blend entitled the Warm Up, uh, which has a, a multifaceted meaning, uh, right? You, you think about, uh, you know, an athlete or even yourself starting your day, coffee can, can play a role in how you get started, how, how that routine plays out. Um, you know, coffee literally warms you up. Uh, and, and then also it represents this is the first of, of many products to come as a result of this new partnership with the NBA. Black and Bold is the name of the brand. Pick it up at Target. Go on Amazon.com. Uh, those are places you can definitely find it. Part of the proceeds goes to help children. So definitely support Rod Johnson, his partner, and Black and Bold. Thank you so much for joining Cafe Mocha. It was great to meet you. Thanks, Rod. Thank you so much. I I appreciate you all. I'm Angelique. If you miss any part of the show, make sure you go to wherever you download podcasts and type in Cafe Mocha Radio. Click subscribe. Or better yet, go to mochapodcastnetwork.com. Check out our show along with Kim Whitley and Sherry Shepard doing their thing and a bunch of other great podcasts. Until next weekend, you can find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting. In partnership with Compass Media, executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com.